Did you know Montel uses artificial intelligence and machine learning to forecast spot prices, inflow to reservoirs, wind and runoff river production? We can improve forecasts for your individual power plants anywhere in Europe. Contact us at ai.motelnews.com for more info. Hello listeners and welcome to the Montel Weekly Podcast, bringing energy matters in an informal setting. This week, we are in Turkey and we are looking at the country's ever-expanding energy sector. Turkey has seen demand growth of about 5-10% annually, but it has slowed down a bit under the COVID pandemic. Here we are to discuss what this means for the country's energy transition and helping me, Richard Sverson, to discuss this is Nazli Nazir, my colleague based in Istanbul. A, a very warm welcome to you, Nazli. Hi, Richard. So, Turkey and the energy transition, what, what are the country's plans? What are its ambitions here? Well, I think uh, Turkey has been quite successful in uh, introducing renewable generation into the mix. We have seen almost uh, the double of the installed capacity in the last decade. And uh, we currently have a quite a successful energy mix. And I think it's, a, it's on the agenda, the energy transition for a couple of reasons. First of all, to obviously to reduce the carbon emissions, but also reduce the reliance of imported fuels as well, which is a big mm. issue. And also create uh, domestic jobs like uh, manufacturing, producing the parts of the solar panels, wind panels. So I think the country is taking this very seriously. So it's kind of a win-win in a way, isn't it? You're getting, you're, you're reducing the dependence on, on now, which are currently very expensive fossil fuels, yeah. but you're also generating your own industries in, in terms of renewables, both manufacturing, not just solar and wind, but also EVs, so I, I've read. Yes, well, we are not yet um, very forward with the electric vehicles yet because there are no tax incentives for the end users yet mm. but I think it's gonna be there and it's gonna be a big part of the demand growth within the short to midterm it's calculated around like 10 15 uh, percent uh, demand growth you know we are a very big country and mm. and uh, a lot of cars as well <laughs> as I've discovered here in Istanbul no, yes. yes it's a little bit crazy maybe the uh, the EVs will uh, alleviate some of certainly some of the emissions and the pollution that you see in the bigger cities but if we go back to the renewables growth what's in the biggest expansion has it been wind or solar or a combination of the two both, but uh, we also have a big installed capacity in hydro power plants. That's a big thing for Turkey. And uh, apart from that, both solar and wind uh, almost doubled in the past couple of years. There has been a big interest from uh, Turkish companies, foreign companies, and also the biggest reason was the feed-in tariffs. The government is looking to in- incentivize these projects, so it was an interesting investment. So that's my next question, really, is like how... How are these projects financed? It comes directly through feed-in tariffs or through government subsidy? Yes, uh, usually these um, projects are financed with uh, companies, a part of companies' equity, together with the financing banks, like biggest uh, Turkish banks. Also, because these are subject to feed-in tariff, it's a win-win situation for both parties. Predictable. The feed-in tariffs up until this year were in uh, US dollars in foreign currencies, and the banks were financing these with foreign currencies as well. 
that's the tricky part now. <laughs> of course, of course, because the Turkish lira maybe has not been so stable. Yes. So if you look at it from, let's say, 2013, the US dollar currency almost quadrupled in uh, eight years. And then these feed-in tariffs, let's say, from this year, they're going to be in Turkish lira. Mm. But the financing are still in foreign currency mm. and uh, there's a big uh, investment risk there. Absolutely. So in the past year, we've seen many, many, many refinancings from the banks uh, together with the investing companies. I even know some companies have the refinancing three times in the past three years. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Because it's uh, the currency is quite unpredictable. The Turkish lira has been quite weak compared to the US dollar. That makes it very, very expensive for the government. Is it looking at any ways to, to look at merchant projects or, or subsidy-free issues? Is that is that on the agenda at all in Turkey? Yeah. There are, uh, Turkey, I have to say, Turkey is very ambitious about the uh, green projects. So mm. there are uh, Yeka tenders, mm-hmm. which are uh, around 1,000 uh, megawatts for solar, 1,000 megawatts for wind power. Mm-hmm. And they are uh, with purchasing guarantees. Mm. Uh, so the country is looking into uh, expanding this. Mm. And this is an annual tender or an annual auction? Yeah, both for the plant itself and manufacturing and uh, creating jobs. Are PPAs at all a big thing in, in Turkey so far? Power purchasing agreements, five or 10 year, 15 year? With the renewables? Yeah. I think they are in the horizon, but not mm. uh, not yet. Because the, the expansion or the growth is still in the early phases. That yes. maybe comes when, yes, when a lot absolutely. of these when these subsidies sort of come, reach the end of their lifespan or, or the, yeah. the, the plants that are, have been under subsidies, then maybe the PPAs Yeah, it, it's not yet a, yet a big thing, but I, I think it will be soon with the, with the industries and within the companies. Mm. I think so. What are, what are the concrete objectives that Turkey has, mostly in terms of, you know, so-and-so? We have, you know, in some countries want to achieve... So, I mean, in, in the EU, you want to achieve a certain percentage by 2030 or net zero by emissions by 2050. Does Turkey have any concrete plans for, for, the, for 2030 or 2050? Well, yes. Uh, I think I could uh, summarize it by saying uh, Turkey's um, most important strategy is to reduce uh, the reliance on uh, imported fuel. And this comes with uh, renewable energy and uh, mm. mostly Obviously, so I think that's the number one priority at the moment. Obviously, together with reducing the carbon emissions, but we don't really have the same uh, specific aims as the EU. But obviously, the uh, EU is a big trading partner with Turkey. Mm. We have imports and exports. Uh, so I think many businesses will have to use the certificates like guarantees of origin. Um, mm. So that's going to be of growing importance, you think, those, those sectors? Absolutely. I think we'll be growing parallelly with the Europe, mm. Mm. European regulations. Excellent. We're, we're sitting here in, in your office in Istanbul. It's, I can look out the window. It's, it's, it's very sunny. I mean, yeah. Turkey's a very sunny yes. country. So yes. how, how, what's the outlook for the household sector in terms of solar? There are some developments there. Uh, the regulations have been eased on it. But I think uh, so far it's, a, it's not a big thing yet uh, mm. because the investments are still higher than the power bills, let's mm. say, per household. So I think it's it's a growing sector, but it's not exactly the the fastest mm. growing at the moment. So maybe that's one of the challenges 
going forward is 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 the cost uh, the cost of the energy transition is, is that an obstacle in, in in expanding perhaps more rapidly than Turkey could? Well, yes and no because the alternative I think is more expensive. The yeah. uh, high gas prices and high coal prices and uh, I think the renewable energies. In the end, it's it's the cheapest, hmm. and I think no. Hmm. <laughs> of course, that it mean, shouldn't be no. But uh, yeah, you mentioned hydropower as well. Is is Turkey building new hydropower plants? Turkey has a lot of hydropower plants. There are almost around thirty thousand megawatts, I think. There are runoff river and uh, with dam type hydropower plants, and there are very big ones as well, the biggest rivers. At the moment, I think there are maybe a couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the pipeline, but uh, not really. But I'm also reading geothermal. I mean, uh, geothermal has quite potential in, in Turkey. Yes, they're also inside the feed-in tariffs at the moment. Mm-hmm. They have 10-year purchasing guarantees from the government. It's growing, but it's still the uh, smallest after biomass. So mm-hmm. wind and solar has been the biggest one. So mm-hmm. It kind of makes sense. Yeah. It's kind of, there are windy parts of Turkey, there are sun, sunny, and it's very sunny. So yeah. it does, does make sense. Absolutely. If we turn to fossil fuels, I mean, there's still a lot of gas and coal uh, being burnt in Turkey. Yeah. Uh, is, is the country still building new coal-fired and gas-fired plants? CCGTs at the moment, no. Coal power plants, I think uh, it will be hard to find a bank to finance coal power plants from now on. Uh, (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Generally speaking, I don't think so. When it comes to nuclear as a base load, we have a project uh, in Mersin Akkuyu, which is around 4,800 megawatts. Mm. And it's going to be operational, I think, around 2023. Mm -hmm. That's the aim. It's going to be that. I mean, it's mm. going to be hard to find the gas or coal investor. Mm. <laughs> but nuclear is the country seriously wants to go for, for nuclear. Yes, there were three projects. Two mm. of them are, uh, I'm not sure if they're going to be operational. One of them, I think, is cancelled lately. Mm. Uh, but Marsin Akku, the, the place is there, the equipment is there. Mm. And I think the government is. The purchasing guarantees are there, so it's going to be operational, I think. So who, who's building that? Which kind of uh, technology uh, in terms of nuclear? Is it, is it, uh, it Russian-based, French-based? It's Russian-based. It's Russian-based, Russian based, okay. yeah. Because when you look at what's happened to uh, some of the, the European pressurized reactors that are being built in Finland and in France, yeah. and also plans in the UK, you know, the massive cost overruns, delays, delays, you know, almost... It's quite incredible to see it's, some of them are very controversial now. And, you know, people I spoke to on this pod, you know, doubt whether yeah. they'll even come online um, as planned anyway. What makes Turkey uh, so sure that it can, it can maybe avoid the traps that uh, France and, and Finland have gone into, walked into? I think, again, it's the, it's the reason to reduce the political reliance and, uh, on imported fuels. Nuclear is also, but uh, <laughs> in a sense, it's a, it's a big baseload power plant. <laughs> and um, I think the project was set uh, when the demand growth was uh, big and was expected to be uh, increasing, but maybe we don't need it so much right now. Mm-hmm. So that maybe raises some question marks about the whole project or? I think it's going to be operational in the end, but okay. uh, 
We will see what happens in 2023. We have elections coming. Okay, so that could change the picture. Yeah, Yeah. it's good. It's good. So you mentioned, and I mentioned in the intro about demand growth. Ten years ago, there was phenomenal demand growth. And also the country was growing at a phenomenal pace. So that's since slowed down. How has that affected the the power sector? Actually, uh, I could say that uh, 10, 12, uh, 15 years ago, the uh, total population was 70 million, right? Mm. Now it's around 81. Uh, so it's a big demand growth with the young population. And uh, also globally, there was liquidity and we were attracting investment as well. Mm. Uh, but at the moment, it has changed a bit with um, you know dropping uh, the value of the Turkish lira, dropping investments. So I think the scenario is a bit, uh, bit different at the moment. But in terms of the electrification of transport, we touched on on a little bit with EVs earlier. Is that something that's being clearly thought out or or planned for getting fossil fuel cars and and not just cars, but trucks and heavy goods vehicles off the road and being replaced by electric ones? I think hydrogen is an idea lately. Mm. Uh, Turkey has been interested in that. The Mm. minister has been uh, talking about this technology. With trains and mobility, hydrogen could be an idea. I mm. think definitely there will be an interesting step with EVs, but nothing concrete yet. But what is there any? Are there is there a hydrogen strategy that's been been planned or been written? I mean, is it in terms of blue hydrogen, which is? Uh... I think it's going to be grey hydrogen, mm. and that's the idea. It's uh, very in the beginning phases of planning, but. Mm. Uh, I think it's included in the midterm strategy at the moment with hydrogen. That's very interesting. But I think uh, the other aspect that I wanted to touch upon with you, Nazli, was lignite. Turkey still burns a lot of lignite. Is it developing its own lignite plants? Yes, we have uh, more or less 10,000 megawatts of uh, lignite power plants. Mm-hmm. And I can say that it's the only fossil fuel that we have in Turkey. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a big uh, area in Zonguldak. So yes, we are currently using lignite and also mm. incentivizing. Really? Because yes, there's a capacity mechanism in mm-hmm. place, mm. uh, which is a purchasing guarantee from lignite and uh, hydropower plants. So it's, it's, it's a quite a contradiction here, isn't there? Because on the one hand, the big rollout of, of wind, of, of solar, very reliant on high hydropower, but at the same time, there's lignite burning going on on a massive scale, which is one of the most dirtiest fuels imaginable to, to, produce, uh, to produce power. Yes, absolutely. Well, I think uh, as far as the lives of these power plants, they will be operational. That's, uh, yeah, and I think as long as they exist, maybe the country will struggle to reduce some of its carbon emissions. Yeah. There was a few years ago, there was talk of, of Turkey being a kind of gas hub, to yes. taking the gas from parts of you know, Azerbaijan, from the Caucasus, and in, 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 into southern Europe. Is, is that still being talked about, or has that sort of disappeared a bit? No, absolutely. Actually, we have uh, APH, the energy exchange. Mm. There is a new gas market, and it's operational. Soon, in October, there will be a gas futures uh, mm-hmm. trading market. I think it's going to be an important thing in the Turkish gas sector. Mm. But uh, the main obstacle is that uh, Botash, the 
companies, uh, the country's gas company uh, is handling all the contracts and most of the markets. So uh, we cannot say yet that it's a liberal market yet, but uh, it should be. So it's getting there. It's getting there. I think so. Absolutely. Is there any domestic gas production? Very little. Very, little. very, very little. I mean, if you see the, the, the prices currently being traded for gas in Europe, we, we've never seen these highs. I mean, is there is there any chance that some of the gas can flow by Turkey? Into, into into Europe, or there's some more come that way? Yeah, and also, I mean, currently there is very little gas production in Turkey. But there were discoveries recently, that uh, the Black Sea discoveries, which are estimated to be around 540 BCM, mm-hmm. and considering we spend around 55, it's almost 10 years demand for Turkey. I think that uh, discovery, when it becomes operational, it's going to help Turkey to become a gas hub as mm. well. That's, I think, the plan. Let's talk a little bit about the foreign firms that are active in Turkey. Who, who are the main firms and what, what are they up to? I can say that uh, since the uh, early 2000s, there are many foreign firms active in many businesses. Mm. But recently, in the last couple of years, I think we can say that uh, we see some fleeing companies or mm. Uh, reducing their presence in Turkey. Mm. This is not just in energy, but automotive, telecom, textile. This, I think, is a result of, I can say, political instability and the risk premium of the country. So we see less foreign companies at the moment, but uh, Turkey definitely needs a foreign investment. But do you think, still think then Turkey is an attractive place for foreign companies to come and invest, or is there more the flight going out of the country? Well, I think Turkey needs to do an economic recovery program, mm. which will include political stability and among many other things. And then the foreign investment will follow. Well, like I said before, Turkey needs the foreign investment. I think we're looking at the political and economical reforms once again. And then maybe that will stimulate more more companies uh, yeah. looking to come in. Yeah, Because the country has these amazing resources. It has it has the absolutely. wind, it has the solar, as we mentioned, the hydropower absolutely. and also geothermal. So once things, the ball gets rolling, there should be, you know, ample opportunities for, for people to, to, to be active in, in these sectors, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Nazli, thank you very much for joining the Montel Weekly Podcast. Thank week. you. Thank you. So listeners, you can now follow the podcast on our own Twitter account, aptly named the Montel Weekly Podcast. Please direct message, any suggestions, questions, or, you know, let us know if you, if you think you have a good idea for a guest on the show. You can also send us an email to podcast at montelnews.com. Lastly, remember to keep up to date with all that's happening in energy markets on Montel News. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you and goodbye.